Hello and welcome once again to the Patriot Preacher Podcast. We are continuing in our series of the family and how the family is the foundation of a strong country or a strong nation. And so I want to welcome everyone back with us today. Keep in mind also the last podcast we were talking about different things, talking about you know the family, what makes a, a, a godly family or the structure of a godly family. We talked a little bit about Ephesians chapter 5 and, and how the husband is subject to the or, uh, subject to Jesus as Christ is the head of the church or the wife is the is supposed to be in submission to her husband just as Christ is the head of the church and well I, I tell you what I can't I can't get those verses out in my head and so today uh, we're kind of going along in the in that same same area because we have a guest speak with us today uh, brother David Ramey uh, has come with come and agreed to be on the podcast today. Brother David, do you care to tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Dan, first, uh, thank you so much for inviting me to do this, and I apologize for it taking so long to get here, but I'm here now, so we'll make the most of our time. I'm uh, 60 years old. I have been a high school math teacher for 11 years. This is a second career for me, and uh, I have a, a wife of 26 years, Miranda, uh, son Luke, who's going on 23, and a daughter Jesse, who's going on 19. Um, uh, I've been preaching the gospel since about 1999 at local congregations in eastern Kentucky, and uh, uh, I've been blessed to uh, see my son actually baptize my daughter into Christ for remission of her sins at a young age. I have uh, uh, done radio broadcasts before but this is my first podcast so i'm a little bit of a fish out of water but uh, i'm a talker so hopefully we'll we'll edify and be edified this afternoon uh, as god has commanded and provided us with this means i want to point something out to the listening audience did you hear that did you hear how much experience that we have in this room uh, today doing this podcast with me 60 years old a school teacher that interacts with children every day, every day of his life for the most part, has raised two godly children. David, before we started this podcast, you were telling me something about your son Luke and how he is a about what he's doing with his race crew. He's he's a works with a race crew and he's having Bible studies with them. Is that right? He's uh, he's a member of the uh, Church of Christ that meets at uh, University Heights in the middle of University of Kentucky's campus, and. Uh, Luke uh, has a weekly Bible study with members of the Formula Kentucky race car team. He was the captain of the team for a year. They they do a uh, they do yearly rotations, and he came back to school this fall from a summer internship and began holding Bible studies at University Heights Church of Christ on uh, weekday evenings as time allows him. He's a senior in college. He's a very busy student. But he's taken time out to uh, study with some of his classmates and some of his teammates about five or six at a time. And that's at 23 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Now think of this. I, I want to point out a verse here. Brother David just reminding me of that. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 says, Remember thou thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Talking about when we get older, and we're not able to go out and do Bible studies. Here we have Brother Luke Ramey 
member of the University of Kentucky, studying Bible with uh, weekly with five, six members of his crew. And I just think that's a wonderful thing. And really what that is, it's a testament and a reflection, a lot of how uh, Brother Luke was raised uh, in a godly family. One of the things that we were going to talk about today, David, is uh, kind of the attitude. I mean, you have a lot of experience with this as a school teacher. But what happens to a family sometimes that is, you know, it doesn't often happen, but it more than likely does happen a lot. When we talk about raising our children in not a godly family, what are some biblical principles by not raising your children in a godly home? You know, first, um, I have, uh, and, you know, I don't want this to be about me. I don't want anyone to construe this as being about me. I tell people that um, if my children hadn't had a godly mother, I would have probably ruined them in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. But uh, um, I have uh, been around kids, teenagers, mostly juniors and seniors in high school, so 17- and 18-year-olds for the past, uh, going on 12 years now. And I've made a lot of observations, and it's things that I have read in God's Word, but I've actually seen those things um, in in action now. You can can tell by the behavior, the work ethic. um, You can tell just by the general demeanor of a lot of kids if they have a good home life whether these kids are being raised by a single parent who's doing the best he or she can, by grandparents who are doing the best that they can, or a a husband and wife, mother and father. But uh, kids who have a good home life are the easiest kids to teach. They're the easiest kids to work with, and uh, they are just much more stable. And that brings us back to... Uh, the book of Romans, chapter 1, and specifically verse 31. Now, Romans chapter 1 begins with verse, uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 18 begins with a warning, and the Apostle Paul is telling the church in Rome that the wrath of God is revealed against certain people who live certain lifestyles, who practice certain things. And in, there's a lot of things that we could talk about this afternoon, but we're focusing on the family right now. So we're going to skip down to verse 31, and we read the words, without natural affection. And if you read uh, the commentaries about what, they, what Paul was meant by without natural affection is the fact that some parents don't feel the love for their children that they should. And we know that we've been in the middle of a drug epidemic in this nation for decades now. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, without, uh, without conjecturing or, uh, you know, making guesses or estimations and going outside my scope of expertise, I have to believe that uh, the drug epidemic has something to do with it. There seems to be a correlation there that parents who, who bring children into the world and don't love those children and nurture those children and bring them up in the training and admonition and discipline of the Lord, as the Scriptures teach, those children struggle uh, throughout their lives. And when they get to high school, uh, we see that manifest itself in a couple of different ways. Those children are either very withdrawn and 
disinterested in their futures, in education, in doing better for themselves, or they're rebellious and very difficult to work with. But natural affection itself, if you read and study what natural affection is, it's just the basic natural love that God has built into every one of us for our children. I was in the room and watched both of my children being born and instantly fell in love with my children. And I know you feel the same way. You also have two kids. And uh, if if, uh, uh, foreign substances and chemicals and uh, things come into a person's life that takes that focus away, that takes that natural affection away, it takes the tenderness and the nurturing and the raising, the desire to do those things away from a person. And the scriptures teach us that the wrath of God is re- is revealed. Now, that's, that's present tense. And uh, I have seen so many families suffer because children are not living the kind of lives that the parents want for them to live, um, maybe when the parents turn their lives around. And it becomes a terrible struggle. Natural affection is what God has built into every one of us that makes us just love our children. Yeah, that's a excellent monologue right there. Let me point out something as well. Maybe you can elaborate on this. Uh, because if you go back, and, I, and I've got my Bible out just in case anybody doesn't know. I, I mean, if you've got your Bible out, please get it out and study along with us here. But Romans chapter 1, verse 31, uh, the verse that he referenced says, It starts out like this, without understanding. That just simply means they haven't put in the time to understand God's word. And then then it says, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Now, when I get over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, David, that that phrase is used again. And I'm just going to kind of read a couple of verses here and let you comment on them. But listen to what it says. It says, this also know that in the last days... Perilous times shall come. So now we have an, an equation, or I guess uh, equal to is what I mean by this, of perilous times equated with unnatural affection, so, or, yeah, without natural affection. So so verse 2 of Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And so a lot of times what happens is, Parents love themselves, and they want to look out for themselves more so than their children. And think about that. It says, for men shall shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now here we have without natural affection again, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, despisers of those that are good, and uh, despisers of those that are good, Traitors, heady, high-minded, and et cetera, et cetera. And you can go, go on and re, uh, you know look at that. But there it is again without natural affection. What do you make of that? Uh, I actually had that verse in my notes. Oh, did you? Yes. And <laughs> uh, verse 1, I'm glad you mentioned verse 1 there because it says, In the last days, perilous times shall come. And a lot of people, a lot of people think the last days are the 2000s. They started in the year 2000 or the year 2001, depending on people's interpretation. But the last days actually uh, began um, literally with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We're living in a new dispensation of earth. And, you know, the the author Solomon said that there's nothing new under the sun. And if you read the history 
and I'm not a history teacher, I'm a math teacher, but if you <laughs> read some history of the Roman Empire, so many of the things that are going on today were going on then. Uh, they may have not had the, the uh, pills and pill bottles that we have now, but there's always been addiction. There's always been uh, people's desire to fill that empty place, and I talked to somebody about that the other day. God has built a place into our souls, into our hearts and our minds for him to dwell, for the Holy Spirit to dwell. And people begin to look all over the world to find something to fill that empty place with. And God, and God, uh, the Apostle Paul said uh, to the Athenians, he's not far from any of us. Nope. God doesn't hold us at arm's reach. We hold God at arm's reach or we turn our backs on him as humanity. So God is there and God is willing and God is ready. These are the last days and these are perilous times and they were perilous times when Paul wrote these words, but he's warning people that were down the road from him. Now this Bible has been read in the form that we see it for thousand over well over a thousand years. You can probably elaborate on that because you know a lot of Bible history. Well over a thousand years, the Bible in the form that we have it now has been read, and those people were reading those words, in the last days perilous times will come, and people were saying, well, it's perilous times now. And perilous times are when people are, people are neglecting to raise their own children in godly households because those children don't know how to raise children. Um, my daughter is very new in college and she's taken some classes and she and she was telling me some things and if you think you can't learn from your 18 year old open your ears and listen to them she said you know dad kids live like their parents because that's the way they were taught and if a parent doesn't demonstrate and display natural affection for a child that child really struggles later on in life with demonstrating natural affection. You talk about peril. When you have one generation that can't pass their natural affection for their children on to another generation, we're living in perilous times. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, it reminds me of, and you, you've said a lot of things right there that just the scripture in my mind is just jumping out in my yeah, head. But yeah. I go back to Genesis God chapter 6. silent on those things. Yeah, yeah, so it's all over. I mean, I was looking at some of the notes about the book of Proverbs, train up a child in the way it should go. And you look at some of the underlying problems, uh, not marrying into godly homes, neglecting God's, I guess, word, uh, for about lack of a better term. But you go back to, and I went all the way back, uh, the Genesis chapter 2 before, and seeing that it was always God's plan to have a man and a woman to be united forever, right? Man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And then somewhere along the way, you get down to Genesis chapter 6. And by the time you get to Genesis chapter 6, we see ungodly and unholy unions. And the implication is, if you go back and read, and, and I'm just going to read Genesis chapter 6 and verse 2, where it says, The sons of God saw that the daughters of men that they were fair and that they took wives of all which they chose. That was never God's plan. It was always God's plan for people to be in harmony with God's word. And what I mean by that is that the, 
well, if I read this verse right, uh, the daughters of men were sinful because the indication is daughters of men, and then, of course, the sons of God are indicating that the, the men were godly, but the but the women were not. I mean, I'm, I'm not placating anything or I'm not insinuating anything today, but the only thing I'm insinuating is this. There wasn't there was one part of that that family reunion there, that reunion of a man and a woman that was not godly. And so what happened was that eventually the world became uh, to where they were thinking evil thoughts continually. And where did it begin? Well, it began with the home. And just like you're talking about this natural this idea of natural affection, if there is division in the home, well, that's going just as you said, and as have you experienced, David. This this is going to play out right before our very eyes throughout so many generations. And uh, we've we've I feel that we have uh, outlined the problem this yeah. afternoon, uh, sitting here in this room, uh, uh, recording this. But you know, if we just point out a problem, and a lot of people, you know, tend to talk about the problems of society. I don't watch the news anymore because it seems like all they want to talk about is problems. You it's can, bad. You can tell yes. me. You can give me the high points and catch <laughs> me up on it later. But if we if we just talk about the problem and we don't uh, look for solutions, mm-hmm. then we've uh, covered half the material and we actually haven't done anything profitable. So let's look into God's Word and see how that uh, we can break this cycle, and it is a cycle. Uh, you got some verses in yeah, mind? I've got some verses. Go ahead, yes. But before we, before we go on, you, what you were talking about, I want to just say one thing about. I remember uh, my kids going to a uh, vacation Bible school mm-hmm. once, and uh, they actually called my son to come, up to, the, uh, to come up to the front of the auditorium and ask him to stand up on a chair. And he got up on a chair, and the preacher said, uh, the preacher said, uh, uh, lift me up on this chair. And my son was maybe 10 or 11 years old, and he was a little scrawny little feller, and he tried to pull the preacher up, and he said, you can't lift me up. And then the preacher gave a good yank and pulled him back down. And he said, uh, and that's the sons of God and the daughters of men. Quite often, uh, the ungodly will pull the godly down. That's, you know, that's uh, this is kind of a side note, making good choices in a mate. And I guess it's not a side note because that's one of the cures to the problem. But last night in virtual Bible study, Wednesday night Bible study, our preacher went to Proverbs 127, and he was talking about children being like arrows in a quiver. And uh, he was talking about how the arrow has to be shot straight from the bow, and it has to be aimed in the right direction. And that's what godly parents do. They point their children and aim them and guide them in the right direction. As a matter of fact, the word sin itself means missing the mark, just missing the target. And uh, I made the observation in a comment later on that a crooked arrow won't shoot straight, and uh, a crooked arrow often breaks. I have seen uh, some horrible injuries. I used to bow hunt, and I've seen some horrible injuries from people shooting arrows that were bent that actually broke and went into their arm and, and did damage to them. But there's a, you know, there's a metaphor there because if we raise our children to walk the straight way that God has planned for them, they won't be bent and they, they can't do us harm when we try to shoot them 
in the right direction. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, and that's the verse we, you know, that's the go-to verse. Uh, I asked a preacher once when my son was, was a, a baby, how do I know what to do? And he said, Proverbs is the training manual. That's the manual. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says to train up a child in the way that he should go, and he will not depart far from it. It doesn't say he won't depart from it at all. It says he won't depart far from it. And if he doesn't go far from it, then he's close enough to bring him back when he needs to come back. Yeah, just reading here on down in that chapter, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Kind of getting back to what you were saying earlier about Romans chapter 1, verse 31, without natural affection, a person who has natural affection and actually loves their children will discipline their children. They will not let them stand, or, or the parent won't stand for disobedience. The parent will not stand for disrespect and all the things that children, well, I don't want to say children of today, but, I mean, you see it so often nowadays, more so than any other time that, I've seen of the disobedience of children. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely, and that brings me to some kind of unpleasant memories. When I was a child, uh, I remember my dad taking me out of the church house a few times, and I mean, that's 50-some years ago, and he would say to me something that it took me a lot of years to understand. He'd say, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, and I'm thinking, but he's using a belt. How's this hurting? <laughs> and uh, so I kind of expanded on it a little with my children, and I would say, this is going to make Daddy sad, but this is something that Daddy has to do. And there are people that advocate all day long against corporal punishment. But you have already you've shown us a verse in that same text in Proverbs 13, 24, says to spare the rod. And people think, how cruel can you be? Uh, by following a book that says to use a rod on your child, that literally means a switch. Uh, yes. And it says, one of those particular verses in Proverbs that says not to spare the rod with a child, it says he will not die. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I have raised my children. I'm still working on it. One of them's twenty, almost 23 years old, but I'm still, you know, I'm still trying to be part of his life. Yeah, we never but stop being parents. I haven't, haven't used a rod <laughs> on him in a while. I mean, he'd laugh at a switch. Uh, he's a big old youngin. But uh, at the same time, the uh, uh, spankings are, are negative reinforcement. And, uh, you know, we have used all different forms of discipline with our children as the situation allows. But it's hard work. It's really hard work when you have worked all day and you feel like just sitting down and taking a break and just letting your mind go for a little while. And then your child comes up and does something and you say, stop doing that or I'm going to spank you. And then they show a little defiance. And I'm talking about as young as a year or two or three years old or as old as 14 or 15 mm -hmm. and all in between. It's easy to not do anything to, to make, uh, offer empty threats. It's difficult. It's hard work. But it's a labor of love to discipline that child and try to point them in the right direction, as the Scriptures teach. And 
try to get them back on the right track. And sometimes with a, a child that is stubborn, not going to say which one or anything, or even <laughs> if either of my children is, I'm not going to go there right now. But if, if one is, there's more work involved in that. And there may be more times sitting down and looking them in the eye and just letting them know that they're not going to get away with this. That's, that takes love. It takes that what God has built into us, wanting what's best for that child down the road, working in their best interest for a lifetime because all the scriptures are, t- are, are giving us implications of later on. The reward is later on. You know, the devil satisfies you instantly, but God rewards eternally. But there are so many rewards in in raising up a child with that affection, with that love that God has built in without replacing it with something else and putting the effort into it. It's exhausting, That's but right. it's rewarding. Yeah. For me, that has been the case too. Well, David, we kind of ran a little short on time here today. I want to appreciate once again you coming in and sharing your thoughts, and hopefully you can come in soon again and and talk more i know it's kind of i know we got so much to say and so uh, raising a family that's about especially about the topic of uh, raising a family in a godly home and making sure that they have the proper structure and we'll talk we'll definitely be talking about more of that in the coming weeks in the coming weeks we're also going to be addressing uh, some of the root and the problems that this country is facing when it began and how it began and, and really in this country and so i don't want you i don't want people to abandon hope that we're not going to get to that we are going to get to that we had brother david ramey come in today to to talk to say exactly what he said and so we're thankful that he was able to come and do that today david you got anything else you want to add in closing here uh just the last thing one thing that i didn't get to and i i mentioned this uh during the course of our discussion that uh that this is not a new thing and it can actually happen among people of God even. If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, and you look at verse 22, it talks about the things that the prophet, God's hand-picked prophet Eli's sons were doing, wickedness. And uh, throughout 1 Samuel chapter 2, we see the cause, what happened, and the effect. And it was because Eli neglected to discipline his children. And that's, you know, I'll leave that there for people to open your Bibles. And I urge you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, read and study that and glean what you can from it. Look at what God is saying to you here. And in closing, I just want to say, Dan, thank you so much for allowing me to come here this afternoon. Uh, I'm honored to be here this afternoon. And and I pray, hope and pray that we have uh, represented the word of God in a way that, that would be pleasing to him. I believe we have, uh, just my personal belief, uh, we surely didn't go against Scripture, and we allowed Scripture to do the talking for itself. And so hopefully we can we can do this again real soon, David. I, I love having you in here and having your perspective on this. So much knowledge. I hope people listening have, has, has picked up on the knowledge of, of how, you know, the intricacies of raising a family and, rain, and training up a child in the way it should go. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a simple thing, but it's a complicated and complex thing that constantly changes. If that tells you, if that 
talks or alludes to any of the amount of difficulty that it is. And so, uh, David, we appreciate it, and I thank you very much. We're going to go ahead and sign off now, and if you have any questions, you can email me, cfraley2 at sunlink.net, or feel free to call me, area code 423-707-4178. We can discuss any topic that you'd like to discuss. As for now, we're going to go ahead and sign off, and God bless you, and thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you.